and a warm welcome to you all. Welcome to Big Life Conversation. You're here with Nicole and Barbara from 4 to 6 p.m. every Monday afternoon. How are you, Barbara, today? Not too badly, thank you, Nicole. How are you? Had a very busy weekend and a very exciting weekend, so um, I have lots to tell around that today. Oh, so, um, uh, yes. And you caught up with our that. colleague Jacinta, too. I did, I did indeed. Which Hi, was Jacinta, lovely. Hi, Jacinta, if you're listening <laughs> in, yes. <laughs> which was very wonderful there as well. And the good news is she's going to be back next week. We're hoping yes. so oh, for right. the long weekend. Because right. I may not be here. Exactly. <laughs> For the Kings, Queens, what are you calling it these days? I, I know. It's still <laughs> listed everywhere as uh, Queen's birthday, oh, but okay. it's obviously the King's birthday yeah, now. Oh, so that's right. no birthdays for Elizabeth, sadly, anymore. No, not <laughs> she anymore. She did well. 96 she, of them. <laughs> she, she did very, very well. She had quite a good innings. She but, did. Um, yeah, it's looking forward to a long weekend, although the show will still go on. Yeah, will. <laughs> um, we'll let you know about some of our guests and maybe mystery guests. Mm. Uh, towards the end of the show but a warm um, thank you to Tiny Tim playing the hits before us keeping uh, us all uh, moving on our Monday afternoon um, getting through the day and uh, hopefully for your drive home as well we'll have a few news views and tunes coming up as well as uh, two wonderful guests today so who do we have today? Today we have our travel guru back with us. So our latest new segment uh, with Carolyn Ahern, who is from Travel Managers. She's coming up just around 4.30 and she's going to be talking to us about a couple of things. Firstly, we're going to ask her a little bit about um, what sort of booking she's been making in the last couple of weeks. Mm. But she's going to talk to us about Virgin Voyages. So I think this is stemmed from the, the Branson clan. Um, but looking at uh, Virgin Voyages and we're talking about planes or ships or I think we're talking about ships here so something new on the horizon there that she might be able to tell us all Mm -hmm. about so looking forward to hearing about that and then coming up uh, after five we have Laura Jackson who is going to be joining us I believe she is a playwright and also starring in an upcoming play um, Barbara, are you able to tell us a little bit more about that? A little bit more, yes. Um, it's, this is called The Culture. That's apparently, right. And it's starting, um, it's happening this week at Theatre Works. Now, what is particularly interesting about this play, one of many things, is that it's in a, a space that I haven't been, I don't know whether you have, but it's part of Theatre Works, not in the Ackland Street premises, but in... Just off Inkerman Road in the old explosives factory, apparently. Oh, so wow. I haven't been to that space. I don't, no. I don't know much about it, but maybe um, Laura can tell us a little bit about How it. How fascinating. Yeah. Mm. So this play apparently has done rather well elsewhere, so we'll be talking to her all about that. We're looking forward to hearing from both of those wonderful guests. Um, so looking forward to that later on in the show. Uh, but we have our little usual little segments you know we do our birthdays first and we might have a a bit of what gets up my nose Mm. uh and um a few little snippets from the shovel that i have for you today as well as well as a couple of nutrition tips uh to keep us focused and um i've actually popped a little Monday night Mediterranean meal inspired recipe up on our Facebook page, Big Life Convo. So check it out there. And if you miss any of our shows any week and would like to tune in at any time, don't forget 
we do have our Facebook page and we record our shows every week so that you can check them out at your leisure. If you're not available on a Monday afternoon to listen in, uh, we like you to be able to access access us at any time. So um, don't forget to listen to us there. So, um, weather. I uh, had a little check outside. It hasn't been that cold outside, but certainly no. getting a little bit crisper. But it's, we've actually had quite a lovely weekend. We have, yesterday. Weather-wise. 19, was it yesterday? Did 19, yes. and also the top today was 19. Mm. Um, currently here in Box Hill, it is 18 degrees, a low of 8, and uh, I believe... Tomorrow is going to be much the same, a low of 14, um, so not getting too cold overnight, and a high of 18, uh, and then the rain is going to come <laughs> and is going to stay for a little while. I think oh, we yeah. might have an okay long weekend, maybe a bit of rain Friday, Saturday, Sunday might mm. be nice, a bit of rain on the Monday Fingers for crossed. the King's birthday. So, uh, yes, indeed. I don't know if that's an ominous sign or not. <laughs> yes, well, that's what the weather's like over there, except, of course, it's summertime over there, and we're at the start of winter. It is lovely. Mm. It is lovely. So, um, yes, that's all happening there as well. So, uh, do we have some birthdays, births, deaths, and all sorts of little <laughs> snippets that we... Dispatches. That, that we <laughs> and dispatches, I like that. Um, do we have any of those coming up? Well, birthdays in terms of musical birthdays, Nicole, mm. we have the late, great Dean Martin and the late, great Judy Garland. Mm. Um, so, um, yes, it's Gemini time, and I know there's at least, there's one Gemini, which I always say, the, mm. the twins in the, in your household, because mm. uh, that's, that's the sign of the twins, of course. Yes. Young Worlds, that's next week, and of course, our, our colleague Jacinta. Too. Yes, I think she's mm. first cap off the rank, actually, so, <laughs> yes, uh, so that'll be a nice happy birthday. We'll have to work out what we're going to do to celebrate we if she's will. listening in. Um, we're just going to float a few ideas <laughs> there, because we do like to do that here, uh, both in the studio and outside. Have a bit of a celebration of the birthdays. Uh, why not? Indeed. And uh, I think um, that's quite nice. And yes, I have my uh, oldest son turning 16. So, so to me, that means learner's permits. Oh, already. Wow. Mm. <laughs> so I have been questioned about that. And uh, for anyone listening out there who might be family members, <laughs> he's looking for driving lessons. Uh-huh. So um, I'm not sure I'm going to want to <laughs> in the car. Well, not at this stage I anyway. I 16 when I got my permit, so he's very no, isn't he? No, no, but I think you can be just hit 16 oh, and, and go okay. for it. I'm not sure if it's 16 plus uh-huh. some, but uh, uh, quite a few of his friends are driving around and driving to school. You see them Already? in the cars oh, around, and I just went, oh, <laughs> well, there's certainly a lot of hours to get nowadays. That's true. That's true. And also, isn't it, is it a nighttime driving, a daytime driving, and country driving, and they city have driving? They and in the wet. Oh, and oh, gosh, all, all those conditions, All yes. of the conditions you need to show that you've done a few oh. different kinds of conditions. I know okay, my okay. my niece um, was a school skier or snowboarder, actually. Oh, yes. And so they did Mount Buller and back a few times, and I thought, well, that's, that's certainly getting some skills. <laughs> yes. I don't think I'd like to be the parent in the passenger seat there. I certainly have my own brake and steering actually, wheel going on. You reminded me of something horrible, um, speaking of oh, 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 dear. I shouldn't put, yourself, um, put you off. Um, put wheel off. No, but um, I had never been behind the wheel of a car as a driver ever, and I had it was one of those. Um, this is years ago, advertising the local paper, free, first driving lesson free. Well, I, I can understand why it was because <laughs> this dude, this long legged dude, turned yeah. up, um, and he uh, 
um, you know, with curly, long curly red hair, which is also didn't turn me on. That's another story. <laughs> he might have felt the same way about my parents. But anyway, he was a smoker sitting in the car. He took me out into Dandenong Road in Malvern at about three-ish, four o'clock-ish. On, I think it was a Monday. I almost had a heart attack. It was a manual card. And he said, okay, here we go. Uh, first, second, third, fourth, gas clutch, let's go. I said, I beg your pardon? I said, I've never been behind the wheel of a car in my life. I've only ever been a passenger. He just looked at me and said, I'll give it a go. And I swear to God, Nicole, I, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> you do, though. It was hot. It was terrific. Yes. And um, I don't know about you, but after that, uh, oh, no, I went elsewhere for, for, for other lessons, but I actually, to get my confidence up, I was learning on an automatic, and then I actually did get a manual licence later. Mm. But um, if you don't have access to a car, I was living out of home at the time, didn't have access to, to cars uh, very often because I was not living with my folks um, as a student. So, um, yeah, anyway, it was uh, all very traumatic, but I did finally get the damn thing. I think it was very stressful. I think, I think people are a lot... Uh, more experienced and a lot more confident when they go for their tests now. I so, yes. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, I didn't have that many lessons. I had a couple of drives with my um, father yes. um, just up the road, and I think I gave him some grey hairs. <laughs> and uh, and then I actually went for lessons in an automatic actually got my license in an automatic but it was those days window there where you could get your oh, license in an automatic yes. but it meant automatic or manual mm. and then I bought a manual car I had to go off on my teaching rounds oh. and uh, <laughs> had never driven a manual before so that poor little Mazda oh, 1300 yeah. really got a workout you were up to 100 with the it was, well. <laughs> it was and we were on I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Blackburn Road and Waverley Road yes. intersection yes, a big it, one. there's a nice hill there oh, and yes. I was on the teaching rounds on Waverley Road oh, at no. a school there and um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think the teachers had a, an absolute love because I just couldn't get out of first. Um, so I went from zero, neutral to first Bunny hop. and just would not be able to get going. Oh, yeah. And, of course, that happened on that very steep intersection as well. And I ended up, like, kind of rolling around the right-hand turn onto Black, Blackburn Road and hoping to God to be in neutral and turn it back on and see if, while I was running oh, that no. I could switch it into first. Oh, and horrible. I really shouldn't have been on the road. <laughs> Really should not have been on the road. But thank God you survived but it. I learnt. And, yeah, the hard um, way. I think, I think um, yes, we certainly have much more experience on the yes. road now because yes. I, um, I think I got out of the driving lessons and I couldn't walk because my, my left leg was so stiff. Because you were so stressed and tense. Because I was so <laughs> tense that when I went to stand up out of the car, I was like, whoa! <laughs> So it's like I can relate to a lot of that. I think it's quite good that we're sort of learning earlier, but also ensuring that we have that experience earlier. Also good prior to the drinking age starting as well. Exactly, they do in America apparently. They do. Mm. Although they've got 16 and 21 in some states. Yes, a big gap. Yeah, Yeah. a really big gap. It does make make a lot of sense. But yes, you're right. (laughs) They are aware now of the the skills that are required Um, and uh, particularly, of course, that's another cause of concern with the road toll being very high in this part of the country. Um, Yeah, so I think that we're we're a lot lot of us are still a lot more aware of um, some of the perils and uh, it's not just, it's not as easy as it looks like so many things. <laughs> it is yes. not. It mm. is not indeed. Uh, it is 20 minutes past four o'clock. You're with Nicole and Barbara, and you're on Big Life Conversation. Uh, we're going to have a couple of tunes. Let's hope our tunes are working out there on the big speaker. <laughs> Got a little message here that there might be some technology glitches, but Ooh, we don't us. think that we've heard or seen them at this stage. Exactly. Um, so uh, let's have a little tune. This one's called 
Feeding Line by Boy and Bear. Uh, 20 minutes past four o'clock. A little note from uh, one of our other programs coming up <laughs> after this uh, at six o'clock. But uh, that was Feeding Line by Boy and Bear. Um, a nice little tune there to get you on your way home on drive time. You're on uh, 3WBC 94.1 FM with Nicole and Barbara. And we've been having a, a little chat. Um, and... Uh, off air, we're having a little chat about some of the interesting politicking that has been going on. And the shovel has no, uh, well, has many pieces of food for thought, <laughs> fodder this week. Um, and I just thought that I'd um, mention a couple of things. One is that they have a live show um, that is being advertised at the moment called oh, yeah. Wankonomics. Um, uh, Perth, Sydney, Brisbane, Hobart, Newcastle, Wollongong, but no Melbourne. So I made a little note saying I would love to uh, find out more. Um, And it says, what's Wankonomics? (laughs) A show about modern corporate hell, endless meetings, excruciating corporate mission statements, and most annoyingly of all, the phrase circle back. Um, (laughs) And tickets are on sale at the moment, I just noticed on their Facebook page. But uh, I wanted to draw everyone's attention to... um, this particular post it's called introducing the defo awards Mm. Uh, the services for defamation stuff ups Um, they don't use the word stuff ups but I'm going to use the word stuff ups Um, and it says we're excited to announce a special award ceremony that recognises the very best stuff ups in defamation litigation your winners are the Hague Award for services to future war crimes hearing winner Ben Robert Smith Mm. Um, the free speech is sacred unit uh, is a sacred until someone teases me award Award winner is Peter Dutton, um, and the best best victory speech during a defamation defeat winner is Christian Porter, and the my character witness once wore a KKK costume award for services to satire winner is again Ben Roberts Smith, uh, and you can read the full list of winners commentary on why they won at the shovel um, not the opinions of this radio show. Mm. But um, some very, very funny satire to be had there if you have a little look Indeed, further into that Indeed, because you don't laugh. One. Quite frankly, you might be crying. Oh, uh, absolutely. Mm. But we do have to take our hats off to some um, some very brave and hardworking journalists and lawyers. Uh, and also um, regarding that uh, latest um, failure of the case of um, the defamation case that Brendan Robert Smith was bringing forward, uh, apparently knocked back a settlement offer some years ago. Um, mm. But it seems that the truth will out. Uh, also... Of course, deepest sympathy and condolences to uh, the Afghani um, people who were killed and their family and friends. So it ain't over yet, Nicole. I no, no. Mm. I mean, according to the shovel, there, this particular Hague Award for Services to Future War Crimes <laughs> hearing um, said that uh, Ben Robert Smith's comment was, over the past two years, Ben has worked tirelessly and selflessly to provide evidence, <laughs> facilitate witness statements and bring new material to light, which can now be used to support... Um, the war crimes trial against him. <laughs> what a stunning performance. Um, the I'm going to sue you for a few million, oh dear, wait, I just got sued by Dominion for 787 million award for services to Schadenfreude. So, um, Schadenfreude. That was uh, winner Lachlan Murdoch. Um, <laughs> 
a captivating performance as we see the young Murdoch transform from a tough guy bully to a pathetic little frightened man about his future in just a few short months. Utterly convincing. <laughs> um, so, yes, there's more to be had there. So you yes, can indeed. check that out on their, space. On, yes. their, on their page if you want to have a, a bit of a laugh about that one as well. So, yes, thank um, you for that. Yeah, very interesting one. And, and quite interestingly, the... Um, uh, the show Succession has just yes. completed as well. Have you been following it? Did um, you watch it? I watched right through and watched the uh, final episodes. Yes. And, and I just sort of thought, what a hideous... You know, how could anyone possibly speak and interact as a family like that? So dysfunctional. Well, apparently it has been modelled on some other families mm. that we may know. That maybe maybe, rules. maybe, I, maybe <laughs> I've just mentioned one um, uh, in particular. So, um, yeah. yes, I think... Uh, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the end there, but, um, yeah. It's, it's been very popular. Three, three spoiled brats in the end. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been running for several seasons. It, it has. It seasons. has. This is the final, final That's season. Right. And, and, and great performances from our, our own um, Sarah Snook, yes. I do believe. Yes. I, I actually haven't watched I've just seen clips of it, and I've seen them interviewed, the cast, and, the, yeah, and uh, yeah, brilliant writing and brilliant acting. And, of course, Brian Cox. Um Playing the uh, the patriarch, yes, um, yes, but uh, certainly um, a cautionary tale. I think about uh, too much money and too much power. They're hey? all fabulous. Mm. They're all fabulous in there. You know, you don't love any of them. They don't, none of them have any redeeming features. Yes. Um, and so it must be kind of fun to play a character like that, I'm I can sure. imagine. Um, but, yes, you're sort of going, okay, you just think that there might be some redeeming features and even the mum might have some redeeming but, features. But, not really. <laughs> no. Alicia, your taste comes in the fact we might not be as wealthy as that, but we're not as nasty as that either. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, not not very nice at all. Um, it is um, just on 4.30. We're going to be speaking with our first guest, Carolyn Ahern, who is um, from Travel Managers, and she's going to give us a little snippet on what's happening in the travel front from her perspective, some bookings that she's been making lately, and also thinking about uh, voyages on boats, so mm. thinking about Virgin voyages so um we'll just get her on the line now and let's have a, a little tune that might reminisce if we were say going overseas at the moment <laughs> this is called summer baby by the jonas brothers <laughs> and that was summer baby by the jonas brothers a nice little tune there and uh we have our first guest on the line welcome to the show carolyn love to have you lovely to have you back i should say Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. Hi, Carolyn. Welcome back Hi, again. Hi, Barbara. <laughs> so, as we were saying um, last time you were on, you're part of the um, uh, Travel Managers and you're a personal travel manager um, working in partnership with Travel Managers Australia, which is the largest home-based travel agent network. And um, and you're Glen Iris based, I believe, but the location of your clients um, is all over and um, everything can be handled in online and over the phone travel so um we're excited to have you on the program so tell us a little bit about um some interesting bookings that you've been making uh over the last couple of weeks yeah thank you well um last week i had an interesting call from uh, someone who had seen my name around in social media and just said they wanted to go snorkeling in the barrier reef <laughs> somewhere but they had a very small time window um, and it fell in the school holidays, so that's an extra challenge. Mm. Anyway, I was, I was able to find them what turned out to be their bucket list item, which is called Reef 
sleep, as in Great Barrier Reef, mm. and it's where you you stay out overnight on the reef, catch a cruise boat out from Airlie Beach, mm. stay out on the reef overnight, sleep under the stars, mm. and um, wow. so and then both days, a day each side, you just go snorkeling, swimming, they supply all your food, uh, and so it's yeah, it's like a really lovely. I guess 36 hours of um, <laughs> just soaking up the reef. Yeah. And oh, yeah, wow. so these, these people were so excited to get the last two spots on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And well, also, you. <laughs> <laughs> also at that, um, that place out on the reef, you can also do what's called reef suite, S-U-I-T-E, mm. where you, you kind of have your bedroom underwater, so oh, it's gosh. like sleep inside the aquarium in Eagle Cow. Um, so that's another option if oh, other people are interested. That sounds great. I remember doing the very quick out on the on the boat very quickly from, oh, I'm not sure where it was at the time, but it was out for two hours, snorkel and then, yep. you know, all back in, like a like a very big bus trip. Mm, and the <laughs> glass-bottom boat or whatever. You could yes, go on a glass-bottom yes. boat, but um, that sounds like a, a much more relaxed and um, yeah. a chill way yeah. to go. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, so how yeah, wonderful. sounds good, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Is it expensive, can I ask? Uh, for two people, um, for that overnight sleeping up on the deck under the stars, uh, for two people was about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Right. Okay, this includes so, meals, obviously, and everything that's else. That's right. Yeah. You think mm-hmm. everything accommodation. included? Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. right. From eight a.m. one day till five p.m. the next yeah, day, and it's a real lovely thing to do. It's fantastic. Yeah, as you say, yeah. particularly if you're time poor. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. fabulous. All right. And um, we were also saying off air, we were thinking about um, w- whether the Virgin Voyages was actually plane or boat or train or, or boat. Or boat. <laughs> um, but we believe it's boat. Is that the case? That's right, yes. Yeah. So um, Virgin Voyages has cruise ships. So it's one of, under Richard Branson's um, Virgin brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, As you may know, he does things in a slightly irreverent way. Um, An old hippie, really, isn't (laughs) he? A fun mix of um, sophistication and um, something that really struck me too is his care, or their care for the environment, Mm. um, which is really important. So, yeah, the... um, so, Virgin Voyages is an adult-only cruise line. Okay. You have to be over 18, but yes. you can take your inner child with you. <laughs> um, as, well, as Richard would, would assume <laughs> that, that we, we all bring that along. <laughs> yes. Does this mean it's a naughty That's cruise? Uh, what does this mean? <laughs> N-A-U-G-H-T-Y. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so adults only, all food is included. They have Michelin star chefs mm. that uh, create the menus. There are 20 different dining options, wow. um, and they make everything to order. So there's no buffet, mm. there's no waste. It's all just made for you. Mm. So that, that's a lovely dining um, component. All the essential drinks are included, and then they've got fair pricing on beer, cocktails, wine, um, and then, you know, you can go up from that if you wish to, but um, you'll certainly be able to um, drink to your heart's content if you wish to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Virgin Voyages is currently sailing in both the Caribbean from Miami, it's their home port, oh, yeah. and in the Mediterranean um, with 
two home ports, Athens and Barcelona. Mm. Um, and this, well, in the summer that's coming, 2023-24 for Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to have one of their ships home porting in Melbourne. Ooh. That's called Resilient Lady and it is very, very exciting. Yes. So I cannot wait to see her um, doctor at Port Melbourne. That'll be fantastic. That oh, in fact, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that I will be able to go on there. Because, because, it, because you need to for research, of course, don't you? When she do a nudge. I wonder if she's a, a very big um, ship as far as, you know, thinking if this is... Is this uh, as big as some of these other big Caribbean cruises or, you know, is it more of an, an intimate sort of, um, when I say intimate, <laughs> I, yeah. they're still big. Scale I know that, down a bit. But um, uh, scale down because of, mm. well, because I'm thinking adults only and not having to cater for COVID scenario and trying to avoid some of that. Yeah. Mm. It's, um, it's probably in the big category rather than the intimate category. Mm-hmm. I haven't written down the number of cabins, but off the top of my head, I think it's something like fourteen or fifteen hundred cabins. Yeah, uh, and then obviously you've got crew as well with that. So and there's different cabin types. Every cabin that from balcony up uh, has a hammock. Out on the balcony, which, I mean, that just sounds lovely, doesn't it? It does, it, it does. Although you don't um, want to swing it too hard. Unless you see true, someone you want to, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> family show. Family show, that's right, that's right. Um, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. And, of course, all of those beautiful ports, you know, gorgeous locations, um, the Caribbean, um, the Mediterranean, what's, what's not to like in any of those locations? I wonder where the one from Melbourne is going to be going from and to. That's right. Well, it's um, it's sort of based in Australia and New Zealand. So it's going to Melbourne will be its home port. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be East Coast. I think there was a Tasmania component, mm-hmm. um, and then. Sorry, I haven't. I haven't That's okay. Down. But, but we'll, have um, to keep, we'll have to get you back yeah. in when we know more about that one. Exactly. <laughs> I will update you and, um, and yeah. uh, bring that information back next time. Yes. Yeah, look, I mean, I think just the going on the ship is an experience in oh, itself, yes. you know. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun and, and there's a lot of people looking forward to it. And so. I think I love the idea of the more a la carte style food I think a lot of people post COVID would be thinking that is a really nice way to go mm. and it's a little bit more sophistication associated with that as well um, yeah I think that's quite a nice stylish way to go from yeah. from a cruise perspective um, and yeah. and any sort of favourite um, shore excursions that you would you know put on the, the bucket list there as well well, if I was in doing a Mediterranean cruise and happened to have Monaco as a port, then I would mm. love to go and see the Prince's Palace mm. in Monaco, um, where Prince Albert and Princess Charlene live. And, yeah, apparently you can go there and check it out as well. So yeah. um, I do have a bit of a royal upper bench in me, so, yes, that's I'd like to have a look at that. But, 
yeah, there's heaps of things that I'd love to see. I'd be happy to go on any cruise ship anywhere. <laughs> I think we're all very keen to get travelling and uh, hearing a little bit more about uh, the travelling space at the moment. I, I think I may have driven past his palace when I was there maybe mm-hmm. 30 years ago yeah. Um, yeah. but I did not go in so I don't think we had the, the time or the chance there but that sounds wonderful as well so um, yeah. some other items that we should have next on our bucket list for travelling yep so um, I've said it before and I'll say it again <laughs> plan ahead plan yes. ahead yes. plan ahead yes um, there some of the cruise lines are already putting out um, itineraries for 2025 and 2026. Wow. So it's hard to think that far ahead, but if you're thinking of bigger cruises like a world cruise or a half-world cruise or Antarctica, you might want to deposit that now uh-huh. and have the time to for history buffs as well I guess that's right everyone appreciating beauty you know because it's a lot of colour is going to be there as well I imagine that's right oh it's so beautiful Um, our current princess of Wales who seems to be an incredibly talented woman uh, she designed one of the garden exhibitions that 
Hey, did she really? Yes, oh, that's, that's right. It, it was yeah. just before COVID 2019. She oh. she did part of it, um, and yeah, you know. So the royals have quite a history with it too. Uh, so but, tell us, yeah. Carolyn, Carolyn, when that is, and um, how many um, you'd like to go with you. So tell us a bit more about yeah, that. That sounds great exciting. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, well, the Chelsea Flower Show runs in May, mm-hmm. uh, so the tour that I'm taking will depart. It departs for London on the fifteenth of May. So mm-hmm. anyone who goes from Australia, if if they'd like to travel together, we can do that. If they've mm-hmm. already gone, that's fine. Um, and then it's seven nights of touring around, just sort of south of London in those castles and gardens mm. and then the last few days in London going to the Chelsea Flower Show, Kew Gardens. Um, so you don't have to love gardens. I mean, you can just, you know, walk around and enjoy the outdoors. Of England course. in spring is always... going to say, lovely time beautiful. to visit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would love to have people join in. And so, oh, and the maximum group size is eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, so, get on board. It's just a small, nice, tight, small group. Oh, yeah. Oh. And so, um, to get more information, they can go to your website. Tell us what your website is again, Carolyn. Yep. So it's travelmanagers.com.au/slash Carolyn Ahern. Okay. So travelmanagers.com.au. Uh, slash Carolyn A. Hearn. We can get more information on that. That sounds wonderful. How delightful. And also, um, you know, you're getting to to be the guide there as well as experience it for yourself. So I think that's a really nice way to... What a, what a nice job. <laughs> Not during lockdown, but a nice job now that we're out and about again, isn't it? Yes, yeah, I'm looking forward to that very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and is there, um, with things, all things Europe and all things pricing, um, does it make sense to book, like, the earlier, do you get better pricing earlier versus closer to the, the date? I imagine there's, it gets sparser closer to the date, but, um, you know, you've mentioned planning, so I'm assuming you might say mm-hmm. earlier the better. Is that is that the case? Yes, definitely, yeah, it, it would be rare to get better pricing close to the date. Mm. Uh, so airfares, you'll get better airfares um, at 11 months out than you would at three months out. Yeah. And for anything that's like a tour or a cruise, the best pricing will be when it's released or um, shortly after that. Because as, as the cabins are, or the seats are um, taken, then yeah, it gets harder to find a spot okay so, beautiful yeah. well that's Ooh. wonderful that sounds like some nice little tasty tips for us all to get excited about so the the virgin voyages and also thinking about um may 2024 and the chelsea flower show and getting over to the uk as well so some wonderful trips to think about and you know beyond that if you want to book something that's on your bucket list you know getting that planning happening as well so thank you so much carolyn it's always um informative uh and we're looking forward to hearing more about that um for anyone wanting to know more yes you can go to carolyn's um website and we've also got the link on our facebook page or we'll put that up there on our facebook page um big life conversation as well thank you so much for joining us again 
Thank you, Nicole and Barbara. It was lovely to be with you. Thanks yeah. so much, Barbara. See happy you. trails. Have happy trails, and we'll speak with you next month. Yeah, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks bye. so much. Bye. bye for now. Bye. You're on Big Life Conversation. Back with you on Big Life Conversation 94.1 FM with Barbara and Nicole. Uh, we just had the wonderful Carolyn Ahern from Travel Managers talking to us about Oh, so nice to talk about travel, I have to say. <laughs> very, very excited to hear all those things. Um, not sure I can get there this year, uh-huh. but uh, all of those wonderful voyages that you can go on. Wouldn't it be wonderful right. to go on a, well, for me, a child-free holiday <laughs> um, in the Mediterranean or the Caribbean? Yeah, on the Barrier Reef. Um, <laughs> or even the Barrier Reef. Although, I, you know, that's a little bit more accessible, I think. But yes. um, And also thinking about the Chelsea Flower Show, if you're interested, mm. we will put those details up um, for Carolyn's group that's going um, from May 15th in 2024. Um, and that is a, a small group going from England to the wonderful, Chelsea Flower Show and 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 surrounding um, gardens in that area. So, so that sounds wonderful. Yes. Yes. So www.travelmanagers.com.au forward slash PTM, which is uh, Travel Managers, and uh, forward slash Carolyn Ahern, and that's C A R O L Y N. A-H-E-A-R-N-E. So that is her site if you want to find out more. And as I said, we'll put it on our Facebook page as well, Big Life Convo. Um, so what have we got coming up for you? We've got a little bit of entertainment news, haven't yeah, we? have. And also, Nicole, I know you are very much aware that school holidays are not far away. They are looming. <laughs> they are looming. Well, I do have a um, Year 10 student having his first exam today. Oh, good luck. Yes. <laughs> so first time he's experienced uh, kind of a, a week of exams, timetables. Yeah, the kind of the swap back. No school today, <laughs> but an exam at two o'clock. So oh, let's gosh. hope English went well. I'm sure it will. He'll be, hopefully yeah. he's Englishing well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he'll be mathematicking math- tomorrow. So yeah, there's my crossed. there's my grammar for you. He's a bright, he's a bright lad, I'm sure he'll do that. <laughs> yes, so. Um, um, so yes. But while we're um, on the subject of holidays, yes. which I'm sure that everyone's looking forward to, and uh, including teachers and, and uh, maybe some parents, and, um, <laughs> but um, uh, if you've ever been to Kyle Castle, and you and I were talking over here about how we've on the way, is it, it's on the way to Ballarat, seen it, I think, but yes, never been. You see it up there on the right. hill, and you go, "Can I go there, Mum?" It's Dad? been there It's this uh, it's reproduction of an old um, sort of English style castle. It's been around for many years. <coughs> Excuse me, like um, like Unicole. Our family um, never went there. Actually, well, not we. We never went there as kids. I think the no. later on the parents might have dropped in uh, sometime afterwards. But um, anyway, they're having a festival of magic running um, from this Saturday, the tenth of June, to Monday, the twelfth, over the long weekend. And apparently, visitors will be immersed in the world of magic with daily spell casting lessons, potion making, tarot card readings, live magician performance, and much more. And uh, I thought that could be a little bit of fun for something a little bit different. That sounds over like the long fun. Weekend. Yes, uh, we've. Um, dabbled on the wonderful steam train that is actually travelling from oh. Melbourne to Ballarat okay. this long weekend as well. Yeah. So if you were that way inclined and then wanted to get out to Crycastle, yes. that would be quite a nice thing to do. And there's a pre raphaelite exhibition at the Ballarat Gallery that's on at the moment too, so there's, there's lots happening around there. There is, mm. and it's 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 cold, but you can rug up and yes. you can go inside and you can um, experience lots of fun art 
arts um, exhibitions. So there was a lot on this long weekend if you're staying around the local area or even if you want to get out mm. uh, to those wonderful country towns. And I know we speak very fondly of the, the galleries that are at both Ballarat and Bendigo yes. uh, for nice locations to visit as well. Exactly. Um, there's some wonderful school holiday program uh, tips in the Whitehorse uh, program. So yeah. City of Whitehorse is actually putting on quite a few things at the Box Hill Community Arts Centre. Mm. Um, everything from an art day for kids, um, rhythm and grooves, uh, to portrait drawing, to um, making a bird bath in clay, to oh. kindergarten craft, to a skateboard art workshop, oh, that'd be fun. to performing arts. So so you name it, you can probably get involved in it. Um, there's also sports with um, both uh, court hires at Aqualink, um, basketball, um, and also because Aqualink's the lovely indoor pool, it's nice oh, and heated. Yes, yes. Um, youth workshops, including a tie-dyeing workshop and a table tennis <laughs> competition, and even art space has um, the Scenery of Things exhibition by Moses Tan. Oh. Um, it's a free photography exhibition where things are not quite as they seem oh, um, and that's at the Whitehorse Art Space Box Hill Town Hall from the 27th of June to the 1st of July so there's going to be lots coming up it's in nice. the um, uh, school holiday front oh. from um, around the 23rd I think of June is when the school holidays actually start more mm. formally so um, lots going on so pick up a little program um, at the Whitehorse City Council I'm sure you can find this online as well. Yes, of I'm, course. I'm looking at the hard copy, but um, all of this would be online as well. Mm, I'm sure. Now, also, um, for those art buffs or, or history or culture buffs, um, don't forget that uh, Rembrandt True to Life, the exhibition has just opened at the Our National Gallery down St Kilda Road. And I saw it yesterday, and it's a really most fascinating oh, wow. exhibition um, of the prolific 17th century Dutch artist work. And apparently, it's the most um, the largest one held in Australia more than 25 years. It traces his uh, amazing decades-long career and emphasises his innovations in printmaking through more than 100 etchings drawn from the NGV collection, alongside important lines of paintings from public collections worldwide. So we, we retrace his career um, from the 1620s and his early years in, in Leiden uh, to his final years in Amsterdam in the 1660s. And I didn't know um, that... Um, Rembrandt never left um, Holland apparently in his whole life, but he oh, was wow. very intrigued by things that were going on uh, beyond the borders. And he actually had this like a cabinet of curiosities, and some of these things are actually on display. Weird and wonderful um, creatures, um, also some fa fantastic artworks and print works, and um, Greek and Roman um, uh, statues. Anyway, just an amazing, oh, wow. yeah, amazing collection. Uh, also, he had quite a sad love. I didn't realise that he actually went bankrupt at one stage. He was very, very successful at one stage, um, and was was living in a very expensive house. But uh, with um, war and other things and changing in, in fashions of, of art, um, he fell in love lean times, and he had to go and uh, live in a, in a rental property with um, another friend. He lost his wife, um, when, uh, oh. his first wife, um, and she died when. Um, uh, and she lost several children as well. He had, had one son who survived from that marriage. Uh, he had another relationship with uh, with another woman, and then uh, after that, <coughs> excuse me, had uh, a child with um, uh, with another woman as well. And so, 
Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was rather rather complicated, and uh, he wasn't. His wife Saska is one of those people who liked to control life from beyond the grave oh. and didn't want him to remarry. So he didn't remarry his housekeeper, did he? Oh. But he um, he he uh, sired a, a daughter Cornelia um, with her, but she was she was poor woman was uh, rather you considered um, you know uh, shall we say a loose woman, and um, because she wasn't married. But then you know it's a very hypocritical and bizarre sort of time I guess that they were living in when, when we, we look about if we look about our, look at our standards and attitudes today but anyway uh, he so he had a son and a daughter son Titus who survived uh, from his first marriage and uh, and Cornelia but anyway there's some beautiful artworks um, some wonderful famous portraits that w- you would have seen um, also um, so something had only recently realised that in fact some of the things that were thought to be his creations were actually his students creations Ooh. so there's been a bit of detective work done there and um, my my partner John and I were laughing. He was saying um, how how there's a lot of as we know there's a lot of snobbery in the art world, yes. not just in the art world. Yes. But apparently, scholars for many years had considered a particular painting of a mill to be very dark um, and depressing, a melancholy sort of commentary on um, on the life and nature. And it turned out after they cleaned it up, it was quite a different painting. It was, it was bright, happy, oh, and positive. Wow. So just the, you know, a simple thing, a just simple matter of doing that. You dark can in the background, exactly. yes. So it can change the whole sort of um, atmosphere, the whole you know, emphasis or focus or mm. style or spirit. Anyway, I don't know about you, um, I must admit, um, I'm interested in the old masters and Rembrandt and his wonderful way that he did use light. Um, the, the, a lot of the Dutch works, so, um, they do tend to be very dark in more ways than one, okay. and that's not often my favourite. Mm. My favourite um, artworks, but I've always found them interesting. Um, I tend to be more of an, an impressionist sort of person, or sort yes. of lighter and brighter. Yeah, yes. exactly. But it's it's from a historical point of view, and just from his issue skill, of course, lots of his works inspired by the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, and... Um, yeah, and a fascinating life, but as I say, like so many artists, um, not the not the easiest of life sometimes. No, so, yeah. no, that sounds quite tragic. And I think there's quite a few artists in that um, genre that did suffer. And I think, mm. especially the female artists yes. who never were able to get up and be presented as exactly such, and acknowledged. That's um, right. That often went broke with such amazing talent, mm. or they had a wonderful sort of start or perhaps end yes. and only became famous in the end yes. and when they were no longer living, exactly. which is a, a very sad kind of tale. But it aren't is. we all richer for having seen and been um, immersed in some of that as well? But I imagine over time with ageing that a lot of these painters and the paintwork itself does get darker over time because there are a yes. lot of dark colours used and it might be that... I don't know whether there was um, the availability to edit, change, clean, mm. update at that time either. So. That's true. That's true. But yeah, so it's, it's fascinating on a number of levels this exhibition, and it's mm. running until um, the tenth of September. So you've got a little bit of time. Yes. Um, and of course, um, you can see the influence that um, Rembrandt has had on many artists that uh, that followed him. But uh, so that's one worth checking out. And this week, um, in the other gallery on the other side of the building in St Kilda Road, is um, the Pierre Bonnard, the French Impressionist exhibition. Mm. So winter masterpieces. So mm. it's all happening down at the, the NGV. So, okay. yes, something that you would be, um, you know, interested in seeing, I imagine. Mm. So that one as well. Very nice. So lots of good things going on there as well. Um, you've also flipped me the little brochure on the Spanish Film Festival yes. that is um, – 
currently underway? No, June, not, yet. July. not oh, yet. Starts not on the 15th, 15th of next week. 15th of June, okay. Yeah, runs through to July. Um, and I saw, uh, we went to a mini preview the other night. Yeah. Um, Prison 77. Right. Now, it's a really good film, but it's quite harrowing. It's oh. rather gruelling, but it's inspired by true events. Basically, um, uh, it's a story. It's set in Barcelona, Barcelona, um, <laughs> in uh, 1990, sorry, 1977. Now, this is just after Franco, the notorious Spanish dictator had died so we're in a period of transition and sadly things took a little while to get going in terms of democracy so this is a story about a young accountant who's accused of embezzling some funds from the company he works for and uh, he's in, he throws in his lot with a, a prisoner who's been we're not quite sure why he's been in prison this much older man but anyway it's a thrown into a really uh, horrific sort of scenario where human rights will really don't figure and uh, people are um, yeah, living in really uh, appalling conditions and uh, there's a lot of violence amongst the guards towards the prisoners and uh, anyway it's 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 a really really disturbing you actually had shades of you know, Alcatraz and all those films you've seen oh, and wow. Shawshank Redemption yes. remind you of that yes yeah. um, so, but we have been, an epic show an epic um, movie from that yes, perspective yes it is yeah. uh, but there are some violent scenes and sometimes I thought oh gosh when is this going to stop when is this beating going to stop oh. so, so, you know, so it's not for the faint hearted um, but it, it's you know some you know, brilliantly performed uh, directed by um, Alberto Rodriguez and um, starring uh, starring uh, Miguel Herrera and Javier Gutierrez and um, of course it's Spanish, in Spanish with English surtitles but it's uh, you know it, that's quite fascinating um, and it's filmed in the legendary Modelo prison in Barcelona mm. and it's a tale of friendship solidarity and freedom mm. uh, and of course the uh, the whole idea is that uh, the prisoners get together and they form a union um, but is uh, but is the union um, incorruptible that's another story anyway it's something that uh, I think is it's fascinating on a number of levels but have, you've been to Spain haven't you I have yes I love Spain I've never been I'm dying um, to go there's, there's yes. no um, faint-hearted history there on violence but, um, <laughs> um, so you know this is obviously more recent yes exactly um, the Spanish Inquisition they, they're, they're, uh, they, it's on. a country that's renowned for some tough times and brutal some times, times yes. and they were and uh, some beautiful things in the kind of Spain too absolutely. we know absolutely yes. um, some great food mm. there some great social things and artworks and, and some yep. amazing art and sure. yes the the wonderful museum in Madrid is oh um, yes art gallery there is fascinating and mm. beautiful um, but there is more after uh, <laughs> perhaps this little break. We're going yes. to have um, Laura Jackson coming up very yes. soon. It is 10 minutes past 5 o'clock. We're going to get her on the line and hear about her wonderful play coming up very soon. Um, but let's have a tune as we get her online. This is um, a new version of uh, Fatboy Slim's Praise You with Rita Ora coming out at the moment. Enjoy. And that was a quick finish on Praise You. Um, Praising You by Rita Ora, and that's a remake of the Fatboy Slim tune there. You're on uh, Big Life Conversation. You're with Barbara and Nicole, and it is coming up for uh, quarter past five. And we have our uh, next guests on the line. Welcome to the show, Laura and Mina. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for having us. Lovely to have you here and to get both of you on the line, which is very exciting for us here. It's a rare thing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a rare thing on the community radio show. We say we have, we do love our technology here, but um, we have limitations, so it's really great to have you in, both in the room. We want to hear all about this wonderful show that's coming up. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, we're excited to finally um, bring it to Melbourne. We've been basically everywhere except for Melbourne and we've heard so many good things especially the coffee uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> not just the coffee <laughs> 
Yeah, so tell us a little bit about the culture, please. Yeah, it's uh, so it's a two-hander. So Mina and I play the two roles. It's just us the whole time. So since we're so charming, you'll love it. Yeah, basically, it's a it's a straight girl, a gay guy, best friends, housemates. They're looking for love. Um, it's very much told through their friendship and their banter and their walk with each other. Um, and my character ends up in a bit of a toxic relationship and her love with her housemate Will is what brings her safely home. So it's very much about their friendship and their love for each other. And the fact that they're so close they can kind of call each other out and their bullshit and be a little bit um, a little weird kind of like siblings, you know? <laughs> and did you draw this from life or you wrote this play, is that right? I did write it, yes. Yeah. So, uh, and is it autobiographical, semi-autobiographical? <laughs> it's not autobiographical, but I do have uh, two brothers and one sister, so, you know, I know that deep sibling relationship. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Can be quite intense sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, you know how to right. push some buttons. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, very talented. We're, we're writing and performing, so do you sing as well? Is that like a triple <laughs> threat there? Oh, look, I do sing, but just for fun. Right. Uh, not in this fine. show? Not in this, not by this part. <laughs> she's an amazing singer. There you go. I'm not stopping. I'm being dead serious. This woman does everything. <laughs> but it's not It's not part of the show, is it? It's not, it's not no, a musical. No, it's a straight play. It should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> in, another, in another life. You can say that. So tell us a little bit about it. You've, you've had, it, um, it had a, a successful debut in New York, and how did that go? Obviously pretty well. Yeah, um, it was it was great. It was a bit of a bucket list moment to get to do the show, you know, right in the really in this tiny little theatre. It was a little forty seat kind of run down little theatre, but it was right in the heart of the theatre wow. district, and we would wander out from our little theatre. And on one side we had the Lion King, and the other side we had fans. Oh, this is pretty cool. Yes. Um, and, you know, it was well-received. I mean, they were really with us emotionally, which is great. But I do think that the comedy lands really well here in Australia because the play is quite Australian and okay. the references are very Australian. And there were some things that sort of went over the New Yorkers' heads. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. It can happen with our lingo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's, there's some references to, to some Aussie politicians and, you know, Bob Catter makes an appearance and they had no idea who that was. And oh, they, okay. Uh, yeah. like, it's Terry Wright's and they'd never tried one. Yeah, like, what's Terry Wright? So how long ago were you there? When, when did you actually come? Um, we were there in uh, November, December last year. And okay. then, yeah, we headed off to Wellington uh, in New Zealand in February and then Adelaide Fringe. And then we did Hobart at the beautiful Peacock Theatre. And then we were in Sydney just a couple of, just, you know, two weeks ago. Wow. And then now Melbourne. Oh, you've been busy, haven't you both? Yeah. But that's we fantastic. Have, the show's obviously got legs, as they say. So I was particularly interested to see that it's part of Theatre Works and they have that great building in Ackland Street. But you're actually performing um, in a little place just not far from there, the, uh, the old Explosives Factory, which I don't know much about. Yeah, that's right. So it's actually about a 10-minute walk from theatre work. So if you forget and you go to the wrong place, you probably have time to run down. To <laughs> <laughs> a, a little jog. A little um, jog, yeah. yeah Is it a very right. intimate space like uh, like the one that you were talking about in New York? It's a 60-seater, so it's a little bit bigger than our one in New York, but but still nice and intimate, which is really appropriate because the whole play is set in the character's living room, basically, and so there's a real intimacy, you know, in our delivery between us, and it Mm. feels right to have the audience nice and close and, you know, able to feel it all along with us. Fantastic. It sounds like a little bit like the space that, um, well, the the older space that La Mama Theatre used to have. Would that be, be sort of similar dimensions? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've, you're quite close to the actors and that's right, yeah, exactly. or the audience, I should say. Yeah, the audience is quite yeah. close to the actors. And so um, these the themes you've actually explored in this play is, seem to be very topical and, and quite current. Um, there's also some you're, you're touching on some issues related to domestic violence too, I believe. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so it's, yeah, not, it's not all fun and games. No, no. I mean it's. We're, we're, yeah, we are tackling some of those, you know, deeper issues like domestic violence, like disordered eating. But because it is told through the lens of this friendship, uh, it's really told in a kind of warm and light touch way. I okay. mean, it does have, it does, towards the end, you know, you, the ending packs a bit of a punch. Um, but, yeah, it doesn't, it's not a kind of come along and be hit over the head with each other. Sure. It's sort of come along and, and let's, let's talk about it and, yeah, walk away with a few ideas in your head. Uh, and what's been great about that is we've actually uh, been supporting a charity in each city, which is a you know women in crisis organisation in each city. It's so great. in Melbourne, we're supporting Safe Steps, and we're matching audience donations up to two thousand dollars. So we're oh, able to oh, fantastic. Yeah. make an impact. Yeah, that's great. Lovely so, to have that, um, you know, that flow-on effect as well, yeah. And, yeah. and to do something a bit philanthropic with with the wonderful work that you do do as well. So, uh, entertaining and giving back, which we love. Yeah, that's we're right. trying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long is a, is the play going to run for in terms of the season? So we've got two weeks. We're yeah, for two weeks from Wednesday to Saturday for mm -hmm. both weeks. Yep. Um, and it's going to be a fun time. So make sure to get your coats because Melbourne is freezing. Yeah. After Sydney, yes. I'm, it's a bit of a shock to you're not you, used to it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. You sort of needed to come from Tassie and come up. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ease your way in. Yeah, there, that exactly. eases you in a little bit. Although Tassie's been... This is actually mild for this time of year. Sorry. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. It's all relative, so to speak, it isn't it? Is. Tops of 18, <laughs> yes. I know. Exactly. I know, yes, rug up. But... Um, uh, I'm, I'm assuming inside the theatre you'd be okay, um, but yes, it's always nice to get out and then back inside a theatre and um, yeah. be entertained as we can be now. Um, so many right. we'll things. That joke. <laughs> yes, I know. That all so helps. Making the most of it. And what about the actual play? The duration of the play itself. How long does it run for in terms of you know an hour and a half or more? Yeah. It's just under 90 minutes, no interval. So okay. Chart, come along, you know, go get dinner before you and head home. Not too late. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great. And uh, was this something of a career highlight for both of you? It sounds pretty exciting. Yeah, it's been pretty awesome. It's been yeah. amazing. I love travelling. I love... This is my first ever um, theatre production because I mostly come from a background of screen and it's just oh, an wow. amazing experience this being my first ever theatre production and I'm so glad I get to be a part of it with amazing people like Laura. You have yes. no idea it was his first theatre production. <laughs> oh, well tell us more, tell us a little bit amazing. about your background as well. So you you said you're more film orientated? Yeah, I just come from a film background. It seems to be that's where the work is. Yes. Um, a lot of people, like a lot of artists just know like if you want to be an actor, you need to also wear a lot of different hats. Can be versatile, exactly. Write your own work. Yes. Sure. And um, theatre just seems to be a part of that and I think to fit in it quite well and I'm quite enjoying it and here we are. Yes, that's, that's right. great. And what about the show in terms of uh, the future? Are you taking it uh, elsewhere? Any plans to or other things that you're involved in? That, uh, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you know, you asked, is it a career highlight? It's been a pretty special thing for me as a writer yes. as well to kind of take it from this little seedling of an idea all the way through to this, you know, international tour and exactly. so I'm really proud of what we've done with it and I'm also proud of, you know, these 
amazing, my, this amazing team. I mean, we are the people you see on stage, but there's so much that goes on behind, and they are just wonderful and have just made this possible. So I feel like, you know, we'll see what happens next to the show, but we've built these amazing friendships and, and professional connections so that, you know, if it's on to the next one, mm. we'll always have those so that's Absolutely. been you build you build that lovely network as well don't you that's great exactly. and are you from you know do you have creative family backgrounds are there other people that have been in these similar kind of creative spaces um in your own families or are you the black sheep <laughs> yeah i'm totally the black sheep bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my dad's a banker my mum's a nurse so we've got a bookkeeper all oh, right uh, yeah we're yeah, still talking to you we're still talking to yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, we've just got to be the creative ones for our family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so as I say, it helps to have a bit of a mixture of uh, personality types in families too, I think, often. <laughs> makes right. it a bit more that's interesting and a bit, a, bit, a bit of a balance. So, yes. That's right. And then on Christmas Day, they know who to single out and say, Laura, will you sing a Christmas carol? <laughs> <laughs> so you do serve your purpose, exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Good on you. That's fantastic. So how do people go about booking for this, this play? Yeah, so just probably to hit, the easiest way is to head to the Theatre Works website. Yep. They've got an Eventbrite booking link. Um, yeah, and otherwise you can jump on uh, Instagram. We're um, at Cowsuit Cods because the company's Cowsuit Productions and we're sharing plenty of stuff on there. So, yes. yeah. And okay. all the links would be in our bio and mm-hmm. some more information about the production yeah. and the team and everyone that's involved. And you can message us and harass us and yeah. you know, tell us what you want to know. <laughs> and we will reply. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can put those on our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, as well, so that we can do a little bit of a cross-promo for people out there as well that might be listening in. So um, lots of great, great places to, to access tickets. That's wonderful. Hopefully we can get along and have a have a look. We're quite excited yeah. to hear oh, about yes, it and please. looking forward to it. Yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Be before you head off to Laurence, you're a you're a NIDA alumni, and um, your time there. Did you? I mean, uh, I imagine that would have been uh, quite a fascinating time. Any names that you wanted to drop that you were uh, actually uh, rubbing shoulders with, rubbing shoulders with, or learning oh, from, yeah. or learning with? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, look, the time there was, was really, you know, fantastic, informative, and I went to NIDA a little bit older. I was 27 when I got in. They like you to be older, though, don't they? I think they're older. Yeah, they, yes. they do. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we had a Life kind experience. of a real mix of people mm. in our year, but, um, but that was a great age for me, because I'd done drama school when I was fresh out of school, and it was great, but I just wanted to learn how to live out of home and, you know go to the bars to be honest <laughs> so, life in know, Sydney town yes it's going to be pretty well yeah, that's yeah, right. That's right. so going to NIDA when I was a bit older I was kind of able to be a sponge and absorb everything and I had a really amazing cohort and you know there's some people in my year who are doing really fantastic things and uh, I mean it's, gosh it's always that name dropping I don't know I had some really great guest lecturers um, okay. I worked with Simon Burke oh him. yes he's from wonderful from yeah. and Philip Quast and, yeah, oh wow really, okay yeah, yeah. Some, some, yeah, and they have both of those have been really beautiful mentors to me post NIDA, and you know, oh, have wonderful. been able to kind that's of, great. you know, done classes with them or just happy to answer an email about some question I had, which is which is really wonderful. And you know, there's also just been such a, a whole range of teachers who I've kept in touch with, um, who you know, screen actors, acting teachers, and voice teachers who are willing to support someone trying to do it themselves after. Yeah, that's great. So you have that uh, kind of network. Yeah, that's absolutely. absolutely wonderful. It sounds like a beautiful nurturing network there. So definitely wonderful. 
Very good. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and energy, and great to speak with both of you. So, yeah, um, thanks so much for having best us. Best of luck for yes. the play coming break up. Break a leg and all that. Break yeah. two legs or whatever. Break all legs. We'll break both legs, both arms. Yeah. Uh, we'll no thanks. <laughs> <but> yes. <laughs> um, have a wonderful time in Melbourne. Yes, rug up, and um, we're looking forward to getting along and seeing it. So, um, the good. culture. Down at the old explosives factory, is it, it's just off Inkerman Street, yeah? Yeah, that's yep. right. It's the rear lane way at Inkerman Street. So it's a little bit, yeah, if you can't find it, uh, there's a hardware store and they go around the back and in the lane way you'll find it. Great. Very yeah. exclusive VIP people find right. me. If you know, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks a lot, little bit. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye for now. Bye. For Me in Sunshine <laughs> by Pink and Willow Sage heart uh, and before that we had flowers by Miley Cyrus and before that the wonderful actors and writer and actor uh, Lauren um Jackson. Jackson, okay. sorry. Oh my Laura, Laura Jackson. Laura Jackson. Yes. No, that's the, I was just going to say, that's the, is that basketballer? There's a, <laughs> yeah. a Lauren Jackson, yeah, I think. Um, okay. Anyway, Laura Jackson and uh, her colleague Mina, who, who are playing in the wonderful The Culture play coming up in St Kilda. Um, the works opening this week, actually. I think opening this week. Yeah, so wonderful. Weeks. And it's been going right around the countryside. So mm. very, very exciting and exciting for them as well. Sounds like a, a really great little one to get along and see. Uh, so what have we got coming up? We've got some entertainment news and a few little nutrition tips. And maybe what gets up my nose? What, what gets up our nose? <laughs> we used that the other week, so yes. We did. We did. We did. How? So I have one. Please go What ahead. gets up my nose? Do segment. <laughs> um, so I work elsewhere. I have a couple of things in my um, skill set. Yes, and, uh, um, <laughs> but what is getting up my nose is when you work, say, four out of five days in the week <laughs> and you really try and keep to working those four out of five days a week, but people still email you and message you oh, and yes. contact you and then wonder where have you been when mm. you've actually got blocked out your Monday because That's you right. do radio exactly <laughs> and other things um, on yes. that day. So mm. that can be a little bit tricky. And so it gets up my nose when there's an expectation for you to respond so promptly, yes. so quickly to emails and messages. So if someone doesn't respond in sort of like the next five minutes, yes. it's seen as, what's wrong? What's where, are you? And, yes. and where are you yes. and where are you and what's going on? And <laughs> it's like, well, I haven't technically seen those messages because I turn them off. That's right. And strictly speaking, now that's not my day. work day. Until right. the next day. Yes. Uh, These are the, the joys and the, 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 the highs and the lows of, the, of technology because we're contactable 24 hours a day, aren't we? Absolutely. And I try yes. and keep some boundaries around that. Yes. This is a new workplace and perhaps mm. I need to assert my yes. boundaries a little bit clearly. Mm. Um, so that gets up my nose. <laughs> what makes my day yes, is when yes. I actually have um, one of my colleagues, whenever I do respond, which I am probably do spend some time responding yes. outside of my work hours and they always start the sentence with I'm really sorry you you're working you know you're messaging me on your day off oh, and she okay. really always starts considerate, the sentence considerate. very considerate yes. and it's like um Oh, I'm sorry you're having to respond to this on yes, your day Sorry to trouble you on your day so off. So yes. the awareness <laughs> is always there and yes. it's also throwing it back on you don't yes. have to respond to this, even though I'm sending it. That's right. You don't have to respond exactly. to it on your day off. Exactly. So yeah. that makes my day when people are acknowledging that. Yes. So 
So that's my little what gets up my nose today. What mm-hmm. about you, Barbara? What gets up my nose? I don't know if I've discussed this one before, but I have to say, again, smoking. Mm. Now, the the verdict has been in for many, many years that it's not good for us. It's not good for any part of us. Um, And I know there are some people who still, they're wanting to give it up. They're trying to give it up. Sadly, a friend's husband couldn't give it up and he died of lung cancer just recently. He's only in his 60s. So, yes, thank you. uh, But, you know... Um, no one can say, you know, why didn't I know? Why wasn't I told? Um, and so I know, and some people say, yes, it's supposed to be harder to kick than heroin. Um, and some, you know, some people managed to kick it, some people haven't. Some people should never have taken it up. Um, obviously, some people have more addictive personalities than others. There's a whole lot of you know, things that we can say here. But um, what really worries me, though, is, okay, if you are a smoker and you know and you hate yourself for it um, and, you know, you're feeling guilty about it and you're intending to give up and you've tried and you failed and whatever it might be, please, please do not smoke around your children or your grandchildren. Your pets, so I find that really difficult. I thought, look, I actually have a friend who gave up smoking because yes, she said, yes. yes, I actually had a friend who said, she was finally, she, she said, look, it was becoming ridiculous. She said, I felt so bad smoking around other people, affecting them. She said, um, ultimately, I gave up because I, was, I couldn't go anywhere without affecting other people. And she's, she's an unselfish sort of person. Yes. And I thought, well, good for you. And in actual fact, you did yourself a favour. Um, but I just saw today walking along the street, um, driving along, and some, I look like a grandfather with a little kid. And, and there's grandpa with a cigarette in one hand and his little kid in the other. I'm thinking... What a terrible example you are, apart from anything else. I know you're outdoors, you're not indoors, but it's even worse when they're in the car and you've got kids. In fact, there was some there was some legislation they were talking about actually making an offence, I don't know about Australia and some other parts of it, to actually be smoking if you have children in the car mm-hmm. um, because of that confined space. It anyway, very confined space. Exactly. And, and then you're sleeping about it. as well. That's like right. That's, that's right, Nicole. Thing that people have got these little things in their hand and I was like, what have they got in their hand? The and that they smell? sort of yes, walking right. down and they sort of... Well, you know, sometimes well, you can't smell anything, but you see this the clouds of God knows what. Yes, exactly. And it's sort of being held secretively in their hand, and it's it's still illegal. It is, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a lot of medical people are very worried about this this rising amongst uh, rising value amongst young people. And quite frankly, they might think it's cool and glamorous and fun when they're a certain age. But down, years down the track, if they haven't managed to give it up, there's nothing very glamorous about dying of lung cancer in a hospital mm. when and trying to and breathe, short, yeah. and not to mention other illnesses. Anyway. That's uh, that's where we get some of those in more ways than one. And as an asthmatic, of course, I find it even more distressing. Mm, um, mm. But anyway, uh, that aside, what makes my day? Well, I have to say, I have just discovered, I know that you're not an apple person, even though you're into very, a lot of other fruits and vegetables, <laughs> but there's a new apple app called Bravo. Have you heard of Bravo? I have not. Well, How cute is that? Bravo is, looks like a plum. I just found out about this on Landline, being repeated late right. last night, and they were, they were talking to people who are growing them. Yes. It's supposed to be, now it is a bit of a gourmet apple. I gather it's rather expensive. It is available in supermarkets now. I want to go and check it out. Yeah. And it looks like a plum has got a deep, deep, dark red skin, and apparently it's a sort of yellowish um, sort of whitish kind of flesh and apparently um, their sweet and juicy flavour mean that they're rated as Australia's best tasting apple. They've got a high concentration of flavonoids, supposed to be excellent for your health but unlike other apples their flesh is ultra slow to turn brown and this makes them perfect for lunch boxes, fruit platters, snacks, desserts, indecisive toddlers and so much more and they're apparently grown by more than 90 growers across Western Australia, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia and Victoria so I'm dying to try one. Um, anyway so that's um, a lot they have long life storage and freshness and uh, they've been around for a little while, but have only apparently become uh, well known just fairly recently. So there you are. Well, there you go. I'm wondering what their fruct. 
toast content is. Yes, as a nutritionist. <laughs> the, yes. the nutritionist, but um, I love the, um, yes, it's always full of phytochemicals and pectin's really great for the digestive system as well. Yes. So often it was considered an apple day keeps the doctor away yes. because because of the wonderful um, digestive enzymes mm. that it can help, you know, soothe and calm the digestive yes, system. Yes. It's funny that you mention new fruits and vegetables mm. because I went into my local uh, fruit and veggie shop on the weekend and I just took lots of photos because there, oh, there was okay. a, so many beautiful and bizarre fruits oh, and vegetables really? there. Okay. Um, everything from a whole tray of dragon fruits, which was oh, so wow. attractive. <clears throat> I needed to take a photo and then there was a whole <laughs> same thing of cherries that was Ooh, out. Wow. Now, cherries typically aren't in season in Australia at the moment. Oh. But they're very much a May seasonal vegetable in the northern hemisphere. Ah, yes, so we must course. be getting um, our cherries. Oh, I don't know, but I just made <laughs> yes, an assumption there. Right. Um, yes. And they also had this beautiful tray of persimmons that was out mm. as well. So we had all of the colours. But there was this really interesting... Um, I didn't know if it was a vegetable or a fruit that I um, saw there. And it looks oh, like yellow finger-like projections. Yes. And I took photos of it because I looked at it and I thought, I wonder if that's a vegetable. I don't know if any of the listeners have heard of it, but it's called Buddha's hand fruit. Um, so. And it yeah. looks like a lemon, but it looks like fingers. Oh, almost like Long a banana, like finger banana sort of thing. Yeah, yes. so it, it's kind of it's smelted and it smelt like a lemon. Oh, really? Um, okay. And it, it is actually, I had to, to look it up because it's... Um, called a, a fingered citron mm-hmm. um, and uh, it is an unusually shaped citrus fruit um, segmented into finger-like sections resembling that on representations of the Buddha and that's why it's called Buddha's uh-huh. hand. Um, so apparently it's um, used as, uh, you know, like to break off like you would a lemon, um, used mainly in northeastern India and China. Um, oh, okay. These were also there as well, and I just thought it was a really interesting-looking um, fruit, but I didn't know if it was a fruit or a vegetable, but when you smell it, you certainly get that citrus oh, smell about it. fascinating. So mm. very, very fascinated. So always finding some new vegetables out there. So yes. I thought that was really fascinating. So, it is. I'm going to go exploring in there, the, uh, the green grocery section or the supermarket, or your specialist grocers or whatever. But I'm, while we're on the subject of apples too, Nicole, I'm going to ask you, I'd never heard of this and I had never experienced it, but some people have said that um, apples can actually keep you awake at night and you shouldn't have them late at night. And apparently Granny Smith is supposed to have this effect. And someone on the radio, another radio station said, my grandmother always said, if you have to stay up late to study, have a Granny Smith. Um, have you heard of this? I wonder if that's to do with the pectin. I don't know okay, this for okay. the case. So for me, this um, and you know, if you're a FODMAP person and you um, are, you know have issues with certain um, fibres, in particular oh, okay. the, the sugars that are in um, apples, which mm-hmm. is um, the the fructans. Uh, that can obviously spark up a little bit of energy for you, but then there's oh, also the apple pectin, which can actually um, get the gut and the digestion happening, which is sort of activating the body, I guess, oh, in a way. Okay. I don't know oh, if that's the case, um, but I'm curious about that. I haven't heard that, mm. uh, but 
Uh, apples tend to make my tummy gurgle, so that is something on my behalf. So, so you're not a huge what, fan? No, no. no I, I mean, I have an apple, and I do. Mm. I love stewed apples. They're not and, your favourite, though. Um, it's mm. not something I go to as my first port of call. Mm-hmm. I'm just showing Ooh, you a colours. photo of the cherries that were there yes. as well. Gorgeous. So whilst we're on the fruit topic, <laughs> yes. um, I just thought I'd do a little segue to our nutrition tip of the week. Mm-hmm. This is also on my Create Wellbeing Group Instagram yes. page. Um, so I'm up to the minerals now, and I've been talking about potassium. Oh, potassium is yes. a very important mineral with an RDI of 2.8 to 4.7 grams mm-hmm. per day. Yep. So just a small amount. Now, you could get that in um, two avocados. Not, you'd have two oh, yeah. avocados a day, seven tomatoes, um, <laughs> or a teaspoon of salt um, for your recommended daily potassium oh, yeah. intake. Now, I wouldn't suggest the the teaspoon of um, salt, but there you go. Um, It is one of the most major minerals in the body and in our cells. It's definitely important for our electrolyte balance. So um, it helps with nerve um, conduction, muscle contraction, um, for our heartbeat, for example. So people talk about potassium-sparing medications, which are usually heart medications, Mm -hmm. how potassium is good for heart health. Um, It's in your wonderful bananas oh, yes, and that. also yes. in your tomatoes as well mm-hmm. um, and it helps balance out sodium and therefore blood pressure so yes. if people have got lots of salt they need to balance that out with a bit more potassium yes um ideally not obtained via the salt intake as, I, <laughs> as i've actually mentioned in my post as well yeah um so yes avocados tomatoes bananas are very high in potassium and so if you feel like you've had a little bit too much salt obviously water is your answer mm-hmm. part of that um, and also making sure that your other minerals are supporting um, that as well, and potassium being one of them. So um, that's a little nutrition tip for this week, which you can check out on Create Wellbeing Group. Thank you, Nicole. I also want to remind people that um, um, some mu- a musical theatre piece is leaving us very shortly. Uh, you haven't got to see it this time, and I haven't either. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I'm talking about Mary Poppins. <gasps> She's flying it. away on She's the 18th of June, which is uh, Sunday uh, next Sunday week, isn't it? Yes. yes. So, um, yeah, but I did see her at the production many years ago, um, and it is it is a lot of fun. It's on Her Majesty's, and uh, yes, anyway, if you're if you're keen, and uh, apparently they were, they were they were advertising some tickets, um, uh, shall we say, more reasonably priced tickets uh, during the week. Um, I think it's going to be just before the school holidays start anyway, but obviously weekends and I think Friday nights are, are pretty popular and a bit more expensive. But if you're Happen to be free on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Um, be- between now and then, and you're, and you're up for it. Uh, now's your time to get organised. Get organised to see Mary Poppins. Yes, there's a few shows leaving us, including that and Harry Potter, which we yes in July. Have to, have to long to That's see right. soon as well. Yes. So I'm um, looking forward to that. Uh, it is um, quarter to six o'clock, so 15 minutes to six o'clock. Um, uh, so we will be finishing up very soon. We've got a little promo and a couple more things to share with you before I believe um, Prime Perspectives is is heading up um, afterwards. So uh, let's just have a listen to this one first. So the two Minogues there, uh, view up to you. Um, I just thought I'd hear those for the first time. Padum Padum by Kylie Minogue and 
We Could Be the One by Danny Minogue. So mm. I just thought I'd play those back to back. Generally <laughs> speaking, I've been a bit of a Minogue, well, a Kylie fan in the past. I'm not quite sure where I sit right no, now. I've never been a Kylie and, fan of um, I'm not yes. sure I'm loving either of those. But no. there you go. Two latest ones apparently in the UK charts. They have been um, going up and oh, really? down the charts okay. and uh, up and down on who's number one. So <laughs> oh, one Minogue has been beating the other Minogue. Um, along the way as well. Um, so there you go. Mm. Um, it is uh, seven minutes to six o'clock and you're on Big Life Conversation with Nicole and Barbara. We've been talking a few little nutrition tips and I do have a nice little recipe for you for your Monday evening. Yes, uh, if yes. you have a look at our Facebook page, um, I'm going to briefly message mention this one, but it's called a goddess veggie bowl. Ooh, um, this yeah. one's with chicken, but you could have it with salmon or you could make it with toast. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has got some beautiful ingredients, um, everything from some parsley, some chives, uh, garlic, um, chicken tenders if you want to use that. But it's on a base of quinoa Mm -hmm. um, with some kale, cucumber, uh, bell peppers, tomatoes, avocado, uh, shredded cheese and almonds. And it's a largely veggie dish, a little bit like a poke bowl. And you can combine the yogurt and the parsley and the chives and lemon juice and garlic together to make a like a tzatziki mm. um, to dress it. Yep. And um, everything else can be beautifully presented in the bowl with the cooked quinoa in the bottom. Um, and you can put your choice of protein in there as well. Uh-huh. So um, a really nice way to have your dinner and getting those five veggies and two fruits a yes. day in one bowl um, and complementing it with your choice of protein. A nice little drizzle of olive oil on top um, with some avocado, the cheese and the almonds. So I think that's a really nice, fresh idea for um, a dinner or a lunch even. Oh. So um, mm. check that out on our Facebook page, Big Life Combo. Exactly. Now, it's interesting you're talking about diet to uh, Nicole as usual and nutrition. And I was reading something online. So um, there's been a huge uptake um, in uh, the, these plant-based meals and some yes. of them and these some of them synthetic meats. Yes. And now you're concerned about some additives, salts, and I think other people suggested they might not be as healthy as some people might be thinking. So you need to do a bit of research, really, don't you? You do. Um, that's actually quite a problem. We do get a, quite a few um, vegan clients coming into the college clinic oh, yes. as well as um, my clinic coming mm-hmm. in saying, yes, I'm, I'm uh, vegan. And they'll they'll tell me that they eat lots of Oreos because they're vegan. And so, really? and yet corn, Q-U-O-R-O-U-R-N, I think it is, which is a faux protein. A lot of this is synthesized soy rather than straight soy and organic tofu, for example. So tofu and tempeh and keeping things low um, synthesized, low production, yes. low um, uh, additives and all that. I think mm. just keeping things at, as their raw base is is always the best, yes. um, vegan or otherwise. Yes, so exactly. those faux meats do contain a lot of salt being one of the highest items mm. and other saturated fats that are plant-based yes. um, and uh, not so many um, good nutrients um, other than that. So mm. it just provides that that structure of protein um, but not necessarily all of the other nutrients that would normally come That's with right. a good quality piece of protein. Exactly. So. Now, uh, on, we've talked off air and, and on air, of course, about it, the ethics of eating meat or not eating meat. Um, and I said that Professor, formerly Professor Peter Singer, was at my 
Monash University, I think he's now, maybe he's back in Australia, he was at Princeton or in America for a while, um, but he um, was very much at uh, the, the forefront of uh, the vegetarian movement um, many years ago, and some people sort of laughed and scoffed, but he turned out to be quite prescient in terms of uh, in terms of health issues, in terms of, of personal health and, and the health of the planet, and also in terms of animal cruelty or, and so on, but uh, he was a bit ahead of his time. And um, I must admit, many years ago when I gave up eating meat, I sort of eat fish uh, occasionally, seafood, um, but I remember people would say to me, um, why don't you eat meat? Now the question is, why do you eat meat? I think the, yes. the, the, uh, the, the conversation is changing. The conversation yes. is changing. Mm. We do know that we don't eat enough plant-based foods yes. and we don't even get our minimum of five servings of veggies a day, um, which is just for baseline health, exactly. not for, for exceptional health. So exactly. to, to keep disease away, we need much more than that. And, um, so we're not even doing that. So anything that promotes a bit more plant-based foods. And, you know, I'm a strong proponent of not necessarily going raw but you know mm. cooking things blanching things lightly um to have warming foods particularly in winter when it's quite cold yes i'm exactly. a big proponent of that as well indeed before we uh, head off for the evening can i just mention some things on, on uh, coming up on the small screen which might be interesting if you're a fan of jack thompson and i am um david wenham who's um, done a good job um having these one-on-one conversations in another series he's back with um uh, the original Jack Thompson, and uh, of course two actors <laughs> chatting about chewing the fat about their their profession. Uh, and apparently, it's it's uh, it's a, a fascinating uh, insight into uh, into the the life of an actor and a and a very famous actor and uh, somebody who's regarded as a national treasure. I'm talking about Jack. Yeah, I think David's too young to be a national treasure. But, uh, <laughs> that's at eight pm on ABC tomorrow night. Fantastic. Very good. And uh, for next week, we have a long weekend. We will be here we with you. Um, well, Jacinta and Barbara will yes, be. Yes, definitely. Maybe uh, you as well. Maybe yes. you're on the phone. Maybe, I, maybe you're in person. Or maybe, um, maybe you're doing other things. I, <laughs> I might be do other, doing other things. Which well, we'll break up here, maybe. Yes. Family to... Um, go away it's uh, a nice little time to have a, a quick break so hoping to get away um, mm. somewhere local probably somewhere uh, by the beach mm, so nice. um, it's very nice but also very cold <laughs> this time of year <laughs> up. and a little bit of study to be done oh, of course. By, uh, by the 16 year old who is having his year 10 exams yes. at the moment well, the best with that. so good luck with that and um, a couple of mystery guests indeed I think we next do week. Mm. Um, and hopefully we might have our, um, our family law specialist uh, Kabi Nambia who um, might uh, join us either mm-hmm. next week or the week after Indeed. as well so um, to that. take care everyone um, it's uh, signing out for us don't uh, forget to check out all of that information and our show if you missed it on uh, Big Life Conversation on our Facebook page um, but uh, for now it's goodbye thanks everyone have a great week keep warm and thanks for listening